Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about a couple of widely publicized articles on the state of the oil and gas industry. Oil and gas are major drivers of the economy, and as such, the cascade into real estate is inescapable. The first was a presentation by Steve Schlotterbeck, who led drilling company EQT as it expanded to become the nation's largest producer of natural gas back in 2017. He arrived at a petrochemical industry conference in Pittsburgh last week with a blunt message about shale and gas drilling and fracking. The shale revolution has frankly been an unmitigated disaster for any buy-and-hold investor in the shale gas industry with very few exceptions, according to Mr. Schlotterbeck, who left the helm of EQT last year. Schlotterbeck is not the first industry insider to ring alarm bells about the shale industry's record of producing vast amounts of gas while burning through far more cash than it has earned by selling that gas. And drillers' own numbers speak for themselves. Reported spending outweighed income for a group of 29 large public shale gas companies by $6.7 billion in 2018, bringing the industry group's cash flow to a total of negative $181 billion over the past decade. That's according to the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis. A second article published in the Wall Street Journal was about some cost-cutting and falling profits at Pioneer. Scott Sheffield, who retired as CEO in 2016, was brought back by the board to engineer a turnaround at the company. Like many shell companies, Pioneer was pumping a lot but making very little cash. It was spending hundreds of millions more than it budgeted as it strained to meet a goal that Mr. Sheffield had set several years back, and that goal was to produce a million barrels of oil and gas a day within a decade, enough to rival OPEC nations such as Libya. There are a number of problems that the industry has failed to adequately address. Mr. Schlotterbeck is right in saying that the price of gas has to rise in order for the industry to survive. The main issue is that natural gas needs a way to get to market. And if not, there's going to be local excess of supply and prices will fall. And that's exactly what's happened. A lot of the problems are structural in terms of how the industry is funding drilling operations with both a combination of debt and equity. The payback on the investment is often happening far past the initial gusher of oil or gas. Shale wells have a steep production decline curve, where production falls by 85% in the first year. A well might produce for 20 or 25 years, but the volumes will be low in the later years. About 50% of the well's lifetime yield is given up in the first 18 months. Now, Since Wall Street always expects revenue growth, companies need to expand drilling operations in order to show that revenue growth. If a well doesn't achieve break-even in the first 18 months, the only solution is to invest ahead of production. That results ultimately in negative cash flow. The local glut of gas has caused prices to fall, and this has killed the financial model. Businesses that are looking to establish and use production closer to the point of production means fewer pipelines will be required to get the gas to the end customer. That's smart. Only when global distribution is in place prices for U.S. production will normalize. And prices vary widely around the globe and has all to do with distribution. The end buyers of the natural gas pay for the cost of the gas plus the cost of the transportation. It's the sum of those two that is the real cost to the end customer. A large percentage of the gas produced is actually being flared at the wellhead due to lack of infrastructure. Many wells produce both oil and gas. Some produce only gas. Pioneer, for example, 
has numerous wells in central Kentucky, and they produce both oil and gas. They could recover the oil, and they often had to burn the gas at the wellhead. Again, lack of infrastructure. In many cases, the last few miles of pipeline is all that was missing to get the gas to market. The drilling companies have to get into production within a fixed time period or they lose their mineral rights. The landowners impose use-it-or-lose-it terms on the mineral rights leases. They want their royalties and they don't want to lease to companies that are just going to sit on a lease and not develop it. That's forcing acceleration of drilling that is not natural and it's out of step with the pipeline companies. The key is to fix the midstream and downstream aspects of the supply chain. That's the only way to fix the pricing. The major investments in infrastructure in Lake Charles, Louisiana, are taking advantage of the pipeline infrastructure that's already in place. Texas-based company Tellurian is adding another 120 miles of pipeline from Texas to Lake Charles. And other plants like ethane crackers are producing end products like plastic without any need for further transportation. So yes, infrastructure investments in places like Lake Charles and Corpus Christi are key to solving the problems that are referenced in both of the articles. If your real estate is dependent on the economics of a major industry, it's vital that you understand that industry. Otherwise, you're taking a major risk and your revenue projections may not come true. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.